Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Get ready for the school year with Yumiko's annual back-to-school sale. Mix and match however you'd like within the basic collection, and upon purchasing two Leos, receive the third completely free. Whether you need black, burgundy, green, rose, or white, They have a handful of different styles to choose from. Kids and men's items are available to order too. Yumiko is also excited about its virtual shopping events through Instagram Live. Two hosts showcase exclusive in-store options available to ship immediately with different promotions offered at each session. If you haven't tuned in yet, be sure to check it out. The options shown are not available online, so it's the perfect opportunity to snag a unique Yumi at a discount. For more information on the back-to-school sale, live events, and summer stock availability, stay connected at yumiko.com and at yumiko on Instagram. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Today, we are joined by choreographer Trey McIntyre. Yesterday, on August 4th, 2020, Trey announced the reimagining of his Trey McIntyre project as a way to adapt dance to the COVID era. He has dubbed this new project FLTPK, or Flatpak, which is an online subscription service that gives viewers access to one-of-a-kind original dance works by some of the greatest dance makers on the planet. Access to these works is exclusive to Flatpak's Patreon platform, accessible at fltpk.com. We talk with Trey about what life has been like for him since the pandemic hit the U.S. in March, how he has been able to be creative during this time, how this idea came about, and how Flatpak works. Learn more at fltpk.com. Trey McIntyre, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. This is a little bit of a full circle pandemic moment for us because you were the very last person we talked to about normal life before normal life stopped. Okay. So, 
circle is, we're back to normal life now. <laughs> oh yeah, we closed the circle. Now that we talked to you again, it's, it's we're all, we're going back. We solved the pandemic, you guys. Yes. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> so the last time we spoke with you, um, we didn't get to release that episode, but we were talking to you about a world premiere that you had coming up for Houston Ballet that sounded so wonderful. And unfortunately, was it canceled like the day of the shows? Is that what ended up happening? Yeah, we got all the way up to opening night and the theater. It's actually the theater closed down right. on, on night. So we did give our, our toy toy gifts, though. I mean, we got it was a full performance uh, experience with everything but the show. Sadly. Uh, uh. That was when you did the dress rehearsal, was there an awareness that that could potentially happen? Was everyone like, this is it? Or, you know, was it a real shock? I think we could probably all identify that it was, it was a, every stage of this uh, lockdown was, we were quite naive. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. there was a sense of like, oh, you know, maybe that could happen. But it did seem like a little bit of a fantasy. I don't think I actually really thought we'd be canceled before opening. So yeah, it was a, it was a surprise that day for sure. I mean, you know, certainly it's more of a, a heartbreak for the dancers than it is for me, but, um, sure. you know, but hopefully, you know, Houston's planning on, on scheduling it somewhere down the road. So hopefully we'll get to revisit it again soon. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, all those hours put in to the creation, I mean, you know, that is devastating. I can't even imagine what that would feel like. Yeah, Luckily, sure. we're, we're retired, so we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the minority of artists. I'm sure there's all kinds of stalled um, and, you know, halfway of our uh, projects that we don't really know where they're going to end up right now. Yeah. So when the lockdown did happen, you stayed in Houston for quite some time. What was that decision like for you to kind of just stay where you were, shelter in place? Well, it all happened so quickly because, um, you know, the, I was meant to really leave the next day. So mm-hmm. the, the performance shut down and it was really at the time that New York city was looking pretty bad and the, the momentum in that direction was not good. So I, you know, I, I just decided to, to count my blessings and stay put. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it felt like a, it felt like a confident decision to make just because, you know, I spent so much of my life living in Houston. So it felt familiar. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I thought, well, gosh, you know, this coronavirus thing is never going to really reach Houston in the way it has New York. <laughs> but yeah, eventually, eventually Houston caught up. For sure. Eventually it did. Yeah. So what was your, uh, what was your life like as an artist at that point? Did you decide to take some time off or were you feeling like you needed to create what was going through your mind uh, in those terms? Well, you know, it's everybody you talk to has such an interesting story, I think, about this. I mean, for me, right away, my first instinct was to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> I probably, like, I probably, I feel like I was asleep for three weeks immediately. And I mm-hmm. it, it felt like, I don't know, may, maybe I just felt like I had did the past 20 years to catch up on. And like, right. <laughs> when would you have that, you know, that feeling of like, oh, I really can check out for a little bit because mm-hmm. there's nothing out there, you know, that I need to get done. Um and then as soon as I woke up, um, I really uh, very honestly entered probably the most creative period of my entire life. Um, I, you know, I think for that same reason, I think that the fact that there wasn't any obligation really operating in the world, mm-hmm. you know, none of us still really know exactly what's happening next. Um, you know, I've had this remarkable feeling of total creative flow. I could base any, you know, any decision or anything that I was going to do next just solely on where that impulse um, was taking me. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right away, you know, the first thing I was really thinking of was ha- having this interrupted creative experience with all these incredibly talented dancers in Houston mm-hmm. Ballet. And, um, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, they're, they're all sitting around the same way that I am. And I think very much, many of them very much wanting to be 
working and, you know, mm-hmm. and creating. So my, my gut right away was, okay, let's, let's create some little projects to, to work together. Um, you know, cause I, I, I've always been, you know, not always, but I have for a very long time been interested in, in making film mm-hmm. and, and thinking about the, the jump in uh, jump to technology and how, how dance moves into film in a successful way. And I thought, well, you know, there's probably a really, there's probably a really great and safe way that we could make some small um, film projects in working together. Um, so I started reaching out to people and just, you know, asking people kind of, you know, what, what they were interested in doing and um, very quickly put together these little tiny pods of, of creative projects. So I would put together a team of four people generally mm-hmm. to start with, it'd be myself, uh, a dancer, a designer, uh, and then a musician, a composer to create an original work. Um, and we, and we'd make these little, uh, little cells of, uh, of creativity. And I, I really, you know, I wanted to, to pay people, you know, I, I didn't want to, it's such a, it was such an insecure time. It didn't feel like the right thing to, you know, it, it wasn't a side project. It was the project. So mm-hmm. I did fundraising, um, in order to, to, to be able to pay people. And, you know, really started thinking about in that, like, you know, right now we're, we're at a moment where all artists are getting paid the same, which is really nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really kind of like brought up this idea and this discussion about, you know, in small projects like this, like um, how we, how we handle the payment of, of artists. And um, a lot of conversations started to begin around, um, you know, not just what, what equity looks like in the arts world, but like in, in the world, we're in such a moment in history where, where equality and how people are valued for what they do in our society are, are being examined hard. Um, and so it's brought up a really, a lot of really uh, interesting and great and helpful conversations around that and how to look at that in the dance world. How are you paying uh, the artists in these beginning phases of these small projects where you were doing? Um, we divided it up. Mm-hmm. And, you, <laughs> and you fundraised to get the money, right? Yes. Yeah. I asked some very, very generous um, patrons who, who made donations to make each one. They gave a, a $2,000 grant for uh, each project. Mm-hmm. So cool. We were able to divide up and, um, you know, and people have been really excited about the idea. You know, I think, you know, funders and patrons of the arts as well are really wondering what's going to happen next. And so to have an idea like this crop up, I think it's been really inspiring for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What sort of response did you have from the artists that you were collaborating with? Were people just so hungry to do anything or what were people skeptical of, of doing things when in, in a pandemic? What, what was the response that you were getting? It, it was, it was one thing or the other. It was either um, I'm really enjoying having a break right now. And I'm gonna take <laughs> advantage of it, Which I think uh-huh. is, you know, I think, you know, in a dancer's life, especially we just don't have breaks like that, you know, mm-hmm. The layoff period from your contract is usually just repairing your body or trying to really have some other life experience. But this is a real moment for pause, and mm-hmm. I support anybody in that for sure. But if someone was really like itching to work, they were ready to dive in there 100%. Um, people really loved the idea, um, and about and really this kind of feeling right now of all of us being in this together and um, you know building building a thing together and um, you know having some kind of diversion and a place to put all that creative energy people have been so excited about it mm-hmm. so how has this project that started out as a few small films grown into something that's much bigger that we're about to hear about when you are announcing your launch on August 4th yeah so you know I I had had such a great idea what I ended up doing was making three films um, and I, I really enjoyed the process. I wanted to 
to grow it. Um, and I also, as a choreographer, have to start thinking ahead in terms of, well, you know, we don't really know what the structure of coming back together and creating work in a company setting will look like. We don't know what that schedule is. And so I need right. to start looking forward in terms of, well, how am I going to be engaging with this form that I'm so passionate about? How am I going to be making dance? Um, I have, over the past three years, as a photographer, um, had a Patreon account. Mm-hmm. Um, that supported my work as a photographer uh, and it's done fairly well. I mean, I mean, nobody had heard of what I was doing as a photographer three years ago and it's done, it's grown to a place where it's really supporting that work. Um, you know, for those who don't know what Patreon is, it's a, it's a crowdfunding site that was created kind of as maybe an answer to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kickstarter, I think most people know about, which is really it's crowdfunding for a single project that someone might do, you know, say in the dance world, if I was going to create one production, um, I would create a, a Kickstarter account and people could pledge different amounts of support to help make that happen. And then based on what level of support that is, there's different kind of rewards and different levels of access people might get. Um, Patreon um, evolved as something that's more about an ongoing effort to support artists. So someone who, like myself as a photographer, who's constantly putting out work, people can subscribe uh, on the site and they, you know, they pay such, you know, an X amount of dollars per month. And in that month they have access to all the work that I have to share. Plus behind the scenes and process and really a lot, you know, a lot of sharing about creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's another model for Patreon. That's not by the month. It's kind of a, it's kind of a hybrid subscription pay-per-view model where people support you and pay by the thing that you produce. Mm-hmm. So say like a, a songwriter might say, you know, I will, probably make one, two, three songs a month. Um, that's going to be my average. And so, you know, I, I, as a patron, if I like that songwriter, I'll say, well, I can give you $5 every time you use a song. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the, so then that artist has kind of this guaranteed source of income. So rather right. than starting from zero and having to sell their song, they know they have people who are already want to, to support that. And so, you know, I really thought, well, gosh, you know, I, I could start to be uh, creating these dance films and move them toward that model on Patreon um, and start to develop an audience for, for film work, that, which is something that I'm really interested in. Um, you know, and the more I thought about that, the more I really liked the idea. And the more I liked the idea, the more I thought, you know, this is probably something that's a lot bigger than me and the, the work that I only want to do as a filmmaker. Um, and so it very quickly went from making these small films in Houston to um, what I'm really considering the relaunch of Trey McIntyre projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this time it's not a it's not a company of dancers in a place, but rather a worldwide community of artists that I'm bringing together. Right. And so what that's going to look like is, um, you know, I'm going to choreographers and filmmakers and different artists really all around the world and saying, hey, listen, make a da- make a dance film. Make it make that in whatever context you like. And I guess, you know, I use dance film loosely because honestly, I think, you know, it's there's a bit of a new frontier here. We're all learning how to engage with dance on our laptop, essentially, or our TV at home. And I and I think it is a it's a different thing to think about. You know, it's not a it's not a transfer of another form to a digital form. It's a it's a new form. And so right. you know, I can ask these artists, you know, go go make your film, do have the experiment and do the thing that you want to do. Um, and then, you know, when they've done that, their piece can premiere on the site 
And, you know, one of the things I really love to do and really have missed in having a dance company is uh, really like engaging with audiences and building a place where people are excited and, and bought into work. So, you know, there's going to be all this behind the scenes material, making up documentaries and interviews with the artists and background information that can really lead up to that premiere. Mm-hmm. And then when the premiere happens, the cash register can kind of go ching ching. And however, you know, many people have supported at that moment, there's this hunk of money. Uh, And then that hunk of money gets divided up in this very egalitarian way. Every player uh, who's a part of the project um, gets an equal share of the money. And and with that, uh, Trey McIntyre Projects will be one of the equal partners in it. And that way, there's a built-in sort of self-sustaining way uh, for the company to, to, to continue. Mm-hmm. So cool. I love it. Are there people that you've worked with in the past that you're trying to bring on board for this? Like who, who do you think are going to be ideal collaborators for this idea? Um, what's important to me is really diversity on all levels. Mm-hmm. Diversity in, you know, very much in terms of um, you know, who these people are, um, what their background is. But that includes also dance forms and mm-hmm. um, maybe even um, the ways we might conceptualize dance. Um, I can actually, I can, I can, s- Give you the scoop on a few people who are already uh, already. Let's working. hear it. Breaking uh, news. <laughs> um, so some of the some of the first people who will be involved. Um, an artist named Mike Tyus, who's a, 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 a choreographer in Los Angeles. Um, also Sidra Bell. Uh, let's see, Michaela Taylor, um, and then uh, some choreographers I became really close with during the, um, the last festival. Uh, I worked at San Francisco Ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, David Dawson is going to make one. Um, nice. Kathy Marsden. Um, Cass Iper out of Australia. Uh, let's see. Oh, and also uh, the actor Alan Cumming is going to collaborate with choreographer Stephen Hognett to make one. So I, you know, That's I'll, so cool. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's in its early stages and I'm still talking to more and more people. Um, you know, because there, there's certain choreographers who are, you know, in a place right now where they're like, well, you know, I've always thought of myself as a choreographer for the stage, but mm-hmm. ob- obviously this is a leap I, I need to make. And I think, you know, rightfully so, everyone is, you know, they're very careful and conscientious about this. And I think choreographers really understand that it's a different medium and they need to cultivate and discover right. their voice in this. And so, you know, I, I really think of a company as a service organization and how can I facilitate and make these different these different endeavors possible um, in, in a way that really supports artists. And that's like, it's such a satisfying and privileged position to be in and to be able to, to make space in that way. Because I have to say at some point, like I know that I know that this, this whole like true crisis we've been going through is not comforting for most people. Um, and I feel really blessed that I've had this like wonderful experience in this creative flow. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel some level of, um, I know what's uh, responsibility is the wrong word, but I just feel like God, what a waste of energy it would would be if I couldn't find a way to pay it forward and make space for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, enjoy it as best they could. Mm-hmm. I love that some of those uh, relationships that came out of San Francisco Ballet's Unbound Festival. That's so great when we were there and we talked with you actually during that festival. And we talked a lot to the choreographers about what a unique experience that was to have so many of you all mm-hmm. together at once. And it's so cool to see this is a project that's kind of bringing more life into those relationships that were created during that festival. It's so cool. Yeah, that's, that, that is really great. I mean, what a special festival that was and what, what a huge, yeah, it was so cool. you know, it's a rarity for us as choreographers to be together in that kind of a big group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it speaks to, in some ways, one of the warm fuzzy things I think about this project is, you know, in really pro- approaching the compensation part um, as 
with equality, um, there's this, there's a different dynamic that comes from that, right? Like we're not we're not negotiating for status or um, you know my my piece of the pie. Um, it's really about everyone creating the biggest pie possible, and not just with the project, but all the artists involved. The, the larger this audience becomes, the more resource for everyone, the more possible it is to make more and more uh, you know work that's filled with adventure. So um, mm-hmm. that part yeah. has been really. I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, creating dances for film because it's all, it's been written about plenty and we all know that the inherent challenges, you know, like dances meant to be seen in three dimensions and, you know, it's difficult to see uh, the sort of way someone can use space if it's a tight shot, you know, that like the, the sort of negotiations one has to make while creating film for dance that, um, you know, just being out in a house watching it, you wouldn't have to. So you, you said you were interested in film before this. So it's not at all out of necessity. It's something that appeals to you. But how, um, what about dance on film appeals to you? Like, do you, do you sort of enjoy those sort of, I guess, um, restrictions and, and how to negotiate them? Um, you know, I guess maybe I don't, I think at this point, maybe I don't think of them so much as restrictions because I really do consider it's, it's so different from what happens mm-hmm. on the stage. I think that's, I think that's where the difficulty lies when we think that there's that much of a connection, because I would say I probably draw more from my experience as a photographer than as I do as a choreographer when I'm making dance. Film. Interesting. And I would say some of my favorite dance moments are from film. Um, and I don't, I'm not even ashamed to say it. My, one of my favorite dance moments is the rich Vance fruit from sweet charity. Um, mm-hmm. that Bob Fosse made in the, in sweet charity. I just think mm-hmm. it's one of the most, um, it's so, it's such a perfectly captured thing and I, it will elicit the same feeling for me every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, that same piece of choreography, if it, if it were just transplanted to the stage exactly as shot, um, probably wouldn't be the same experience. You know, it's right. some really something that was conceptualized for how does the filmmaker bring your eye through this, this experience in a way that's not fixed. Um, and and is really a different kind of, um, perhaps storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do think also too, as someone who's, you know, dance is so ephemeral and, and there is something so lovely and wonderful in a live performance and knowing I'm only going to see this happen in this way in this very moment. Mm -hmm. Um, as an artist, there's also something so incredibly satisfying to say like, okay, this moment is the best I'm ever going to present this. I've captured it. I can show you this is the, this is the quintessential way that this is presented. Um, to actually have a thing to share and to speak for yourself, that's pretty satisfying too. Mm-hmm. So what is the name of this project kind of going along with that two-dimensional to three-dimensional theme? What, are you, what have you dubbed this project? Uh, it's called Flatpak. Um, and I spell it F-L-T-P-K. So the website's fltpk.com. Um, and flat pack modular furniture uh, came about as, a, as an inexpensive way to provide furniture to more people. And it's, you know, it's like furniture you get from Ikea where it comes, you know, in that stacked in pieces in a box. And it has this very, you know, flat two-dimensional feeling. But then you get it home and it and has gained dimension once it's a part of your life. So, you know, in a similar way, I thought, you know, well, this is how this information is coming to you. It's this two-dimensional flat digital surface. But mm-hmm. again, you know, it's always our experience with art where it's, you know, where dimension is gained. It's your own, it's your own experience with it. So um, I thought that was kind of a nice metaphor for, mm-hmm. uh, for how this is all happening. I love it. <laughs> so when exactly is the project launching? Where do we go to, uh, you know, become involved in it? 
Yeah, so the, the project launches full force on August 4th. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people go to fltpk.com, um, it's really straightforward. There's a full explanation of how the whole thing works. Um, there's, there's three different levels that people can shoot from. Um, I wanted to make sure that there was a level that was affordable to everyone, um, right. you know, dancers, and some people are also unemployed right now. So um, there's a $1 level where people can pledge $1 per film. Um, and it's going to actually, there'll be two, the schedule is to have two per month. And we're mm-hmm. going to stick that schedule at least for the time being. This is, of course, something that will evolve over time as we learn more. But, um, you know, so the, uh, the bohemians are what we call that level. Uh, if you're a bohemian, mm-hmm. pledge a dollar or more. As much, you know, we really ask as much as you can because the mm-hmm. money goes right to artists. Right. Um, and then regular ticket price is $9 per, uh, that's, that's, and that's all access. So people who, who pledge $9 per, per premiere um, will always have access to the films. They can always go back into the archive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the, the little sweethearts level. That's people who uh, pledge $25 per premiere. Um, and they'll have a special uh, early gala access. They'll be seeing the, the film before anybody else will. And then also um, people with that, the little sweethearts will get little surprises every once in a while. Thing. Um, dealing with all these artists, there's going to be all kinds of surprises. So. Yeah. And then the, the films that you created in Houston, are those going to be available as part of that? Yeah, and so actually, um, so during the month of August, um, anyone can join up for free. Um, there will mm-hmm. be no charges on the site until the first uh, premiere by another choreographer on September 4th. Um, so out the, throughout the month of August, I'm going to be releasing the three films that I made in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to give people a taste of the kind of engagement content they'll be able to see. I mean, I'm working on behind-the-scenes videos and, and interviews with all the players and, um, you know, I, I really kind of feel like everything I've done in my life has prepared me exactly for this moment. I mean, not only running a dance company and being a choreographer and a photographer, and filmmaker, um, but also having made a documentary, um, you know, in the, in the years after having a, a company, um, I, there's a lot of uh, skills and actually passions and things I really love doing that I'm able to draw from. So making this behind the scenes content has been a really fun thing for me. Mm-hmm. If artists wanted to be involved in the project, is there a way that they could get in touch with you? Anybody who's interested in being involved in really in any part of it, um, mm-hmm. they, can, they can email info at treymcintyre.com. And, um, you know, maybe it's a, it might be a, it might be just connecting an artist with another artist and maybe mm-hmm. getting involved with somebody else. But yeah, I, I would like to facilitate as much as possible. Um, you know, one of the, one of the features of this project that I'm really happy about is we have a private um, online ch- uh, chat server so that all the artists can actually connect with one another. And so they can, you know, you can meet other collaborators to work with, um, get feedback on your work. And, it, and the main thing is really having discussion about the medium and, and sharing what it is we're discovering and, and what it is that makes work compelling to be viewed in this way. And so mm-hmm. um, I've had a really good time also meeting lots of new people myself and being inspired by new right. people. Well, it just sounds like such, it's such a great idea and it's such a perfect way to, um, you know, maintain, um, you know, a sense of normalcy and, and, you know, who knows how long this could last. Right. But you're, you're still creating and you're involving other artists and sort of, um, not letting what could be a very negative, uh, downturn for our art kind of take over. So I just, I love it. I think it's so wonderful. And, and, um, we hope that all of our listeners will, uh, you know, give it a look. Uh, thank you so much. And thanks so much for talking to me about it. I'm really, I couldn't be more excited. Thanks, we Trey. Everyone will go check it out. Thanks, Thank Trey. You. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support the Conversations on Dance podcast, there are a few ways that you can help. 
click over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Download episodes when you listen to allow our analytics to better understand our listenership. Join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance, Friends of the Pod, or you can offer a donation. Conversations on Dance has always been and will always be free to our listeners. You can help us continue to create and produce this unique behind-the-curtain look at the dance world by visiting conversationsondancepod.com support. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.